All right, it's a hot one, but hey, it's a Friday, okay? And it's time to Ask the Preacher. We do this every Friday at 5 o'clock, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. They're located in North Lakeland on North Socrum Loop Road. Ask the Preacher. Here's your host, John Free. And welcome back to the studio to myself, I guess. Yeah. Hey, I uh, missed you guys last week. Um, I was away, and George held down the studio along with Eric. And uh, so welcome back, George. Good good to have you on, at, uh, on my you. team here. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And welcome to all you beautiful people out there in Radioland. Somebody mentioned that I, I say that. Too often, but I love it. Only once a week. Yeah. I mean, well, just about every time we come back from the break. And you (laughs) folks out there in Radioland, you know that you can be part of history. You can be a radio star yourself by joining in on the conversation. You can join in by calling the number 863-682-1430. You can either ask a question on topic, off topic. You can give us your thoughts and comments on what we're discussing today. You can also go to askthepreacher.com, and on askthepreacher.com, you can find the phone number in case you forget it. You can also submit questions and check out previous episodes. Yeah, it's really nice uh, when we do have a caller. Um, even if you, even if your statement or comment, uh, statement, comment, same thing, or question, uh, is is not necessarily on, on topic of what our discussions are, that's certainly just fine. This is your program, and we're basically just wasting time until you join us, so... Uh, anyway, so let's let the <laughs> let's let the clock begin. Um, so this week, George at, at Believers Fellowship Church, we've had our uh, our vacation Bible school, mm-hmm. and um, our theme this year was Babylon. Uh, I remember when that first uh, was introduced; is actually introduced to us two years ago as a theme. And I said, "I'm not going to do a, a thing on Babylon. Are you are you kidding me? Why would we Why would we focus on that?" And so we literally discarded it last year. And then uh, somebody picked it back up and said, wait, did anybody even read the material? Why would the curriculum company put out this called Babylon if it's literally going to focus on the—I'm going to call this the way of the world, Babylon. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm like, well, yeah, okay, that's interesting. So my wife grabbed it and read it, looked through it, and she's like, it has nothing to do with Babylon per se. It has everything to do with standing strong with godly convictions— so the children of Israel, such as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, God's people standing strong in godliness in the midst of a dark and perverse world. Um, and I'm like, wow. That's so it. you literally judged a book by its cover. I, I literally judged a, a whole <laughs> curriculum. And, and uh, yeah, it comes in this uh, like like metal tin, and I just like totally discarded it. It was, it was uh, wow. Sorry. Yes, I did that. And uh Anyway, but I, I was thinking, um, what a what a fitting uh, set of instructions for for children. Uh, but yet at the same time, what a fitting set of instructions uh, or guidance, um, godly uh, help uh, for for even adults in this day and age, because we live in a dark and perverse world. And is it possible uh, to be different? Is it possible to be separated? Is it possible to, so to speak, uh, I'm going to use this term, sanctified, which means to be set apart? Is it possible to be the fish swimming upstream? Remember that old thing from the, you know, you're too young. But in the 80s, George, there used to be this uh, this little fish emblem, you know, and it represented Jesus, and it represented swimming 
upstream. And uh, so, you know, just to press all the buttons and hopefully, you know, tick somebody off to where they'll listen for the rest of the hour, um, you know, we, we have these bumper stickers now that, that push the idea of coexist. Yeah. Um, and and Christians buy into that idea, and and I and I realize the the understanding that we all got to live on this planet, and we don't want to be launching bombs every day of of the year. Um, but I am not supposed to be like everyone else as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a follower of the Bible, as a believer in God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, um, the Father of the Son Jesus, and, and sending down the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us. That God, that Jesus, that Holy Spirit. Um, I'm not you, George, or not those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not supposed to be like everyone else. We are supposed to be different. We are, uh, I'm going to use a cliche term, uh, we are supposed to be cross-culture. Um, biblical morality, godly morality, even in the days of Israel, even in the Old Covenant days. So in the Old Covenant days, uh, in the New Covenant days, um, before even before there was a law that was given to Moses, even in those days, if you followed God, you did not go the way of the world. You were cross-cultured, uh, but yet we still lived in this world or on this earth. How do we reconcile that? Well, I kind of want to ask you a question about that and, and, and pick your brain, because it is Ask the Preacher. So in theory, and, and just go with me, if I'm, uh, say, your average churchgoer, and I'm not necessarily uh, standing on the street corners and, and preaching. I'm not necessarily uh, doing mission work. I'm just kind of going to work, raising my family. We live a moral life in our home. Uh, we attend church. We volunteer at VBSs, those types of things. As the world continues to get more wicked, wouldn't my status quo my let's let's just imagine uh we have this idyllic version of america from the 1950s the leave it to beaver you know uh kind of family where you know the, the worst things the, the kids do is get into a, a little not so serious trouble so if that's like good wouldn't that be a stark contrast already from how the world is as it continues to get worse isn't that good enough of a um, standard Good enough is the enemy to better. Um, good is the enemy to great. Great is the enemy to best. You could keep going, I suppose. I, I think I would like to answer that with an analogy of a river. If you could imagine standing on the creek bank of a, of a what appears to be a small creek, uh, my question would be, do we consider evil to be rising or, or declining, lowering? Uh, is, the, is the evil that is flowing down this river, is it is it rising? Is the water tide of evil getting higher and higher? If I'm on the creek bank and what I perceive to be good now, and I keep my position still on the side of that creek bank, but yet the tide of, of the rise of the water of evil is, is, is rising, if it's increasing, I'm swept away in the currents of evil in only a matter of time. I must move up the bank. I must take on higher ground. I cannot stay the same. Jesus, um, I'll look up the, the reference in a moment. We're going to have to take a break, so I'll, I'll look up the reference during the break. But uh, Jesus made a reference, and he says, you're either gathering or scattering. There is no middle ground. I'll, I'll find the exact reference in a moment. Um, but so to the idea that's like, well, I can just kind of hold hold the line here and, and just kind of stay where I am, 
Um, no, you, no, you can't. I'll, I'll give a, a, another example, and this would come from the Old Old Testament. Um, when the children of Israel are in captivity in Egypt, Moses comes along. Remember the ten uh, plagues and 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 that type of thing, and. Um, and so eventually Pharaoh says, okay, take them. So they go off. Uh, we've talked about this before. They didn't go off to go to the promised land. They went off to worship God in the middle of the wilderness. Right, right. Um, so what what could have ideally been a temporary proposition, and then they come back. Pharaoh didn't allow that to happen. So now it becomes, in a sense, relatively permanent. Okay, my point is this. Um, when when they get over into the to is, into the wilderness, they, they wander for 40 years. Now, they wouldn't have had to, but they did. They ended up wandering for 40 years. The reality is they would set up camp in a particular place, and when the pillar of fire by night or the cloud, pillar of cloud by day, when that cloud or that pillar, when that pillar moved, the children of Israel, the tribes were supposed to get up and move with it. But there were many that decided to stay. They did not move with God. And those that stayed, they were, so to speak, swept up by the tide of the societies that were nearby. And that's how you mm-hmm. had the mix of the races of, of Israel, uh, or even the, the perversions, if you will, to uh, what would have been known as, as Hebrew truth uh, in, in those days. And so um, long answer was those explanations. Short answers is, we can't stay still. We have to move with God, and we'll talk more about it when we come back. Oh, good analogy, good insights. Folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. Join us, 863-682-1430. We'll see you in just a few moments. And now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher for this Friday afternoon, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's George and John. Welcome back to the program, all you beautiful people out in Radio Land. Hey, we that's are. Twice. Yeah, that's, that's twice. I told you every break. We are uh, talking about Believers Fellowship doing a VBS, and, and the topic is Babylon and uh, having courage, having strength, standing strong in the face of. Well, love Babylon, and in case you don't know why that's a an important um, reference, Babylon has always, throughout Scripture, been a uh, symbol, a representation, a foreshadow of the world and its systems, and it's a foreshadow of um, yeah, the excellent. the empire that is coming. You know, lots of times, um, whether you're a believer of the Bible, a follower and a student of it, or, or whether you're just uh, somebody who watches TV and, and, and sees a show. You know, most people know, oh, 666, oh, that's the, the number of the devil, or, you know, there's an Antichrist character and they know nothing else about the Bible. Everybody's focused on on that uh, event that will come. But, but what most people don't realize is before the Antichrist, there is a one world government called Mystery Babylon. And and uh, Mystery Babylon is so evil, so wicked, it's the only empire, Scripture says this, it's the only empire in all of history that when Babylon, Mystery Babylon falls, heaven itself rejoices. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's vitally important that we, it's such an apropos VBS, teaching ourselves and the, the kids who are going to VBS how to stand strong, because in my opinion, Mystery Babylon will, uh, as Jesus said these things must come come to pass, and, and it will uh, present itself either now or sometime in the future, and and it's a, it's a good thing to learn how to be different and how to stand strong in the midst of Babylon. Now, to, to me, uh, somebody else may not really connect with this, that's okay, but to me, if, if the Bible gives us saying there is a mystery Babylon, that mm-hmm. means there's also a Babylon that is not a mystery. Yeah. 
Um, and so we can just uh, on a base level look and say Babylon is any kingdom or establishment that sets itself up against God, mm-hmm. against God, God's rulership, Absolutely. God's kingdom authority, God's kingdom, uh, the children of the king, the, the, the angels, the heavens, you know, all of that, all of that. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, so how, how do we... How do we recognize what is not a mystery, what is not mystery Babylon, and then, of course, what is mystery Babylon? George, I said uh, that we would come back with the reference uh, to you're either gathering or scattering, so read that here in just a second, and then we'll go to the caller that we have uh, on the line. Uh, yeah, you're referring to Luke eleven twenty three. 23. Uh, Jesus says, uh, he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. So there's, Yeah, and that's also there's in no, Matthew. There's no middle ground there. And uh, it kind of makes the point, look, you, you, like you were saying before the break, you got to be moving forward. You just can't let uh, the world and its systems and, and, and evil overtake you. You're either with God or you're not with them, yeah. and you're going to get swept away by by the world and the things of the world and the love of the things of the world. Yeah, and, and so to finish the river analogy of the, the tide of evil rising kind of thing, and if you just stay on the creek bank, you'll eventually get swept away, I, I guess... Um, a question that to me that would lead to that is is to say, why would we want to hang around at the edge of evil? Um, so if if our desire is Christ and our desire is to be with Him, to be like Him, to be one with Him, um, then then our eyes are to be fixed on Him and not looking to see yeah. how close to the riverbanks or how close to the edge of evil we can live our yeah. life. Uh, so, okay, we'll go to the, the caller. Welcome to the Ask the Preacher program, Mr. Dave. Thanks for joining us. Hi, I have a quick question. I think I know the answer, actually, because uh, I am born again. Wonderful. Um, talk to Christ, Lord, all day long. I mean, the world is so bad, it's kind of hard to communicate with people these days. There's <laughs> been a video out. It's called Babylon to America. It's an end-time thing. Um, it just describes what's going to happen throughout history, and it shows you what's going to come in at the end. But they're claiming that uh, the original covenant of God of keeping the Sabbath on Saturday, that we've been deceived. Everybody's been deceived, and that we're right now we're outside the will of God practicing on Sunday. Okay, and so you're wondering so your on it? about the, the validity also, of that. Also, yeah. like I said, I told, I personally... I'm saved. Jesus saved me. I know um, at the end of time, um, I'm saved. Yeah. So am I covered by the grace of God, which I think I am? Um, but are we out of sync with the with the original covenant of God? Well, th- that's a that's a good question, okay. and it's kind of a hot topic one, um, one that I'm actually quite passionate about, and I'll, I'll try to give a short, con- concise answer Can of, I of hang my own. up and listen to your answer on on the radio? Oh, sure, because, sure. Um, yeah, I yeah. hear about it that way. Yeah, it's sure, easier to. Sure. Hey, Dave, thank you thank so you, much for calling in for the question. Yeah, and and you know that's a. I think it's an appropriate question because you know if we're facing Babylon and th- there is a prophecy uh, talking about how in the end times that there will be a man who seeks to change times and dates and those things, and uh, some some people relate. What Dave asked, well, should we worship on Saturday? Should we worship on Sunday? Are we out of sync with God's um, plans or will if we are? And, and I can say this, uh, just like you mentioned, Dave, we're saved by God's grace. Um, the perfect example of how do I get saved is the thief on the cross 
who fulfilled no sacraments that we know of, who fulfilled no covenant requirements, no um, moral situations that, that he had to deal with on the cross, how he was saved was by recognizing who Jesus is, which is vitally important because lots of people have ideas of who Jesus is, but he recognized the truth of who Jesus is and then humbly asked Jesus to do the work for him. And that's the example of salvation. And so when it comes to specifically the Sabbath on Saturday, I find it interesting that uh, probably nine out of 10 so-called Christians will say, of course, we're supposed to keep the Ten Commandments. Um, and out of the Ten Commandments, there's only one that specifically says to remember, remember it. it. Keep it holy. Yeah. And the only one of the ten that specifically says to remember it is the Sabbath day. Not the Sabbath in general, but the Sabbath day. It's a specific time. It's a specific day that God appointed even before the law was given. He gave it during creation. And I, I think it's vitally important that we do our best to honor God and honor his request and there's a whole history behind, well, why was it allegedly changed to Sunday? And, and man, I could fill a whole eight seasons of Ask the Preacher on that. But I think the short answer is, um, are you a Christian or are you in God's will if you tell a lie, which is breaking one of the Ten Commandments? I don't think you are. Does his grace cover you when you go before him? And is his blood able to cleanse you and forgive you? It does. And if... One brother thinks it's okay to worship on a Sunday um, because he doesn't know any better or doesn't feel that conviction. Well, I think you, you let the Holy Spirit lead him into that, and you can have conversation about it intellectually and scripturally, but ultimately, uh, Paul says, let no man judge you, and for the, the feasts that you keep and the days that you worship, of course, yeah, Paul was good. referring to Gentiles now be, becoming Torah observant, but I think it goes the other way around. I have no expectations of my one-year-old. I have more expectations for my seven-year-old because they know more. And there are some people that are saved for 50 years and they have a great relationship with God. They just don't know any better because in my opinion, this is my opinion, they put the traditions of men above the law of God. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give a more, uh, a little more broad answer, and I have 60 seconds to do it in. Um, Jesus is our Sabbath. Of course, you're, you're specific. this is specifically talking about Sabbath day as opposed to Sabbath rest. Um, but Jesus is our Sabbath, and uh, I, I, in, the, in the more broad sense, I would say, uh, which day of the week is supposed to be holy unto God? Every day. Now, there is one that God set apart as special. But every so it's not like to say, well, there's six days in which we can live for self, and one day in which we live for God. Right. No, we right. live seven days, three sixty-five. We live our whole lives right. for God. So every day is to be holy. So uh, I think it's uh, it's it's necessary to keep that in the conversation to say that this doesn't mean like what a lot of people did in religious view. I can live any way I want to for six days, but on one day, oh, this is God's day. No, every day is God's day, but there is a day that is extra special, so to yeah. speak. Um, and so we, we should, uh, y you should take some time off. And, you know, a lot of these things were also natural. They were, there were natural benefits. Take a day of rest. Yeah. Don't work seven days a week. Let your land rest. Let your, you know, uh, all of those types of things. So in, well. in Scripture, there's only four things you have to do on the Sabbath, according to what God himself wrote. Remember it. Keep it holy. Don't work. Don't have your servants work. Anything else is between you and God. And so should we worship on Sunday? Well, the only four things required for the Sabbath are what were listed.
So gather on Sunday if that's when your local family yeah, gathers. I, I would suggest you gather on Monday and Tuesday, too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, folks, you are listening to Ask the Preacher. Join in on the conversation, 863-682-1430. We will see you in just a few moments. Second half of Ask the Preacher starts now. Talk Radio 96.7 brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's John and George. Okay, so not to be too lighthearted, but I figured I would let everybody know after our discussion on the Sabbath day, uh, we want to invite you to service on Sunday morning. Uh, Join us. At 10 a.m. Tell us we're on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, by the way, back to the conversation of the Sabbath, and then and then we'll, we'll get back to the other discussion. But um, remember, Jesus uh, performed miracles and healed people on, yeah. on the Sabbath. And uh, the religious people of the day got all up in arms about mm-hmm. it and, uh, you know, said that he was breaking the law by, by doing that. And, of course, um, you know, I, I love I love the—I'm going to call it stubbornness, a little bit of the resistance from Jesus um, and his commentary. Everybody thinks he was always so nice and just floated through the tulips, yeah. you know? But he's like, you brood of vipers, you evil generation, you know, you, you, you wicked, perverse people— mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just recognizing uh, the the heart of God uh, in, in 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 healing somebody on, if you want to call it, the Lord's day. How appropriate! It's the best is day it? to do it on. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, for for the Lord to do His work on our day of rest. And so, I want to bring that into the conversation for just a moment for, for us to recognize. Uh, where you started in your answer and talking about how salvation is by grace. Mm-hmm. It is by the Lord's work, our rest in His work. If we work so that He, uh, so, so to, in order to earn our salvation, then we sit Him down in His work and we say, God, you cannot work for me on this behalf. Well, the problem is that means I'm working for myself, and no matter how hard I work, mm-hmm. I cannot achieve this standard. But God achieved the standard through His Son, Jesus Christ, and I can rest in what He did. So the picture of the Sabbath, the the larger picture of what does Sabbath mean, who is our Sabbath, and all of that, is that understanding of we live in the day of rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Well, we're talking about uh, Babylon, and I I wanted to read two verses. There's one in, in Jeremiah 51 where it says, Flee from Babylon, run for your lives, do not be destroyed because of her sins. Uh, and then also this this idea is almost repeated, um, almost word for word, depending on your you know version of the Bible, King James, NIV, ESV, whatever. But in Revelation 18, it says to come out of Babylon, my people, so that you don't participate in her sins and suffer her judgments. And so we're, we're, we're talking about this, and uh, like I said, it's apropos, it's vitally important, and I'm so happy that we're actually doing a VBS um, that I think has been impactful. You know, seeing the face of the kids as we talk about this and, and Daniel's room and stuff like that, and kind of the, the seriousness of, you know, will you serve the one true God, or, or won't you? And, yeah, and, you know, to recognize that Daniel and then his three friends, their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego— um, you know, they're thrown into the fiery furnace. Of course, Daniel is thrown into the lion's den. Um, they were young men. They were effectively teenagers. Daniel, at, at some point in time, may be considered, uh, you know, in his young 20s or something like that. Um, but uh, we have a tendency to look at society now 
and think that um, potentially based upon your age, but we have a tendency to think that young people are the ones uh, who are all messed up, who are all in left field, they're just, uh, they're lazy, they're whatever. Uh, no, the, the reality is that they are the ones that need to stand up for what is right, and they actually have the ability to do, to do so. Yeah. Um, they, there is a righteous generation of young people out there in the world, and, and we may or may not know who they are, but they have the ability to make, um, I'm going to use the term social change, I'm a little reluctant to do so, um, but they have the ability to really stand up. But here's here's what I would want to say to anybody, no matter, no matter the age, um, we have this thought that if I will stand up for what is right, then God will rescue me and I won't have to face the fiery trial. That's incorrect. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood up for what was right and they got thrown into the fire. They got thrown in. Now, that is a difference between what I see. A lot of people in today will talk a good talk on Facebook uh, we'll talk a good talk amongst our uh, our base, you know, political base kind of thing. Uh, but then when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the idea that am I re- am I really going to have to pay the piper? Am I really going to have to suffer, um, you know, real persecution, a fine, a penalty, jail time, those types of things? Um, will I will I do it? And and you see people starting to fall off one after the other after the other. Fewer people are willing to do that. Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego literally got thrown into the the pit of whatever their threat was. So let me ask you another question, and I'll, I'll preface it with this: um, We all know slavery is wrong. The uh, Christians led Wilberforce led the abolition of slavery, d- d- trying to destroy it in his day, um, and and we would all agree that uh, biblical principles are the foundation that all men are created equal. And should not be enslaved to each other. But Paul himself often called himself a slave of Christ. And even though the biblical principles are the foundation for abolishing slavery, Paul himself never specifically addressed it. And the way I heard it phrased in a conversation with a friend of mine this week is um, his mission was to spread the gospel. It was to spread the gospel to the table of nations. His mission wasn't to bring about the social change of ending slavery. Yes, God wants all men to be free because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But that wasn't Paul's mission. It wasn't his hill to die on. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, how do we know in a practical, in my life, in, you know, Joe Schmo's life, in your life, how do we know when it's time to die on a particular hill? When do we know it's it's time to say, okay, this is the well, situation me, where I, I got to take the stand and be thrown into the fire? If you might allow me, I'm going to adjust the question just a little Absolutely, bit. Absolutely, please. You, you judge this question, see if it still fits. Instead of saying, when uh, do I die on a particular hill, I'm going to change it to say, what particular hill do I die on? Okay. Because uh, to me, the reality is that we are all called to die. Yeah, no one gets out of here alive. That's... Well, even naturally, yes, yes. But when we give our life to Christ, um, even in in Acts chapter one, he's in, uh, when he's talking in Acts chapter one eight, and you shall be witnesses. That word witnesses. So he would give us the power of the Holy Spirit, and he would empower us to be witnesses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that word witnesses literally means martyr. What he ri- literally is saying: I'm going to give you my power so that you have the ability to die. 
you have the spiritual strength, the God divine strength on the inside of you so that you can face death. You will literally be able to face death. Uh, so not when do I die on the hill, but rather what hill do I die okay, on? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I will answer that by saying um, you kind of know by what just makes you mad, what pushes your button, what gets your attention. Your buttons and my buttons may be a little bit different. Now, you and I are a lot alike in a lot of ways, so certain things make both Slightly of us— Slightly more uh, handsome, but uh, yes, you know. I get the idea. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. So thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, But, like, for instance, we've talked about children's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would—somebody may not like this, but I would go to jail gladly protecting my children. I would—if if it's a crime, I, to be honest, there are times where I actually consider I would be willing to face God— uh, and and have a, a little bit of an argument with God about whether I was right or wrong in my defense of my family, even to the death kind of thing, right? So it's that serious, such as things like homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, uh, cross-dressing, uh, what do you call that, um, where they read the, the stories in the libraries, uh, drag queen, drag queen stuff. Story uh, to me, that is that is no different than uh, than pedophilia and and child uh, molestation and and those types of things. It's that is what it is. It's just uh, in in slightly different uh, clothing, wrapping paper, if you will. So those are serious issues uh, to me and and to you as well. And so um, anyway, those are the types of hills mm-hmm. that I'm willing to die on. If those are the types of things to say, I believe um, uh, Esther said, uh, you know, her her famous quote, for such a time as this. In other words, she realized she was placed on earth for the deliverance of her people on this issue, you know, with with Hezekiah, Mordecai. And, uh, you know, that was that was her day, her time uh, to stand. If it cost her her life, she was willing to die on that hill and she took the risk. Now it delivered her people. Uh, Moses, he was called to, so to speak, die on a hill. He knew right. um, going before Pharaoh could cost him his life. Um, Elijah was willing to die on that hill. He goes before the prophets of Baal. He knew it could cost him his life. He wins wins the battle. Joshua, the same same type of thing. Uh, we're taking this land. Give me my mountain. You know. So um, I think you you realize those. You don't. It's not everything. It's not everything. So Paul, the apostle Paul, apparently realized that there were things that, that pushed his buttons, the right buttons, um, and those were the things that he kept his focus on. And then there are other people. In, in the broad scheme of things, right before we hit a break here, in the broad scheme of things, I think God's really smart, and he places enough people on the earth at particular times to take care of, in one way or another, to take care of every situation mm. that people are facing. The question is, are we willing to die on that hill? Wow, great answer. Fantastic insights. Folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. You can join in on the conversation, 863-682-1430. Hang in there. We're going to be right back after the short break. Fourth and final segment of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher program, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. It's George and John. Welcome back to the program, all you beautiful people in Radio Land. Hey, we're going to wrap up this last segment of Ask yeah, the Preacher. Only a few minutes here. Don't be sad. You can go to askthepreacher.com in the meantime, and you can check out previous episodes. Um, you won't be able to get this one right away, but maybe in a week or two, you'll, you'll be able to re-listen to this episode. Yeah. You can also find the phone number and ask questions or submit questions that you would like answered, and we'll do our best to answer them. Um, 
directly through email and, and maybe also address it on the radio program. But before the break, John, you gave, I think, a fantastic uh, answer and, and, and insights on um, which hills we should die on or, or when uh, to know what hill you should take your stand on. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to ask, if you know the hill that is right for you to take your stand on, what does fighting on that hill look like? What does uh, the tangible, real-world example of, of standing on that hill, what, what does that mean? What does that, what does that look like? How do I do that in my life? Uh, well, I have several thoughts, but I want to start with a biblical um, thought, and that would be out of Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah was called, he, he felt the call of God, he, he saw the destruction of his city, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. um, and he, he wept for the city and he goes to God and, and God basically gives him his marching orders for life. You know, this is Nehemiah's mission in life. He just doesn't know it until now. So I'm going to relate that to the idea of this is your hill. And so Nehemiah then has to say, uh, okay, I'm going to rebuild the wall. Um, and so if you notice, he does, he does several things. Um, he first goes to God, mm-hmm. he gets a strategy he goes before the authority. I'm, I know I'm giving this quick. He goes before the authorities of of man, the the uh, even even his enemy king. Right, he's in captivity. Um, he he goes before him. Uh, he makes the suggestion. You see God move on his behalf and turn the heart of the king. And the king literally gives resources to Nehemiah to go rebuild his city wall, Jerusalem wall, um, which is phenomenal. Of course, there's a couple guys that don't like that. They come against him, and he starts uh, receiving persecution. But Nehemiah knows this is my hill. But you see sh- prayer. You see the the request for, the, for God's intervention and God's help. Uh, you see the obedience to God's uh, instruction. Um, you see the fact that Nehemiah obviously expected to find some favor with man, with authorities on the earth, um, but he was willing to go and, and find it. Whether he got it or not, he was willing to go ask for it. He then follows out the instruction of God, begins to rebuild the wall, and begins to encourage others to come along with him. Uh, and so what does this look like as they're rebuilding the wall? Well, they had uh, work. They literally were building block and brick and, and, and putting it up, um, they had to protect themselves. They had a, a tool in one hand and a sword in the other, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would stop periodically and worship and praise to God, honoring God for this ability to rebuild the, the wall and, and for God's providence and strength and to do it. They had to fend off their enemies uh, while they're doing God's work. Um, so that would be the picture that I, that I give, is that it's, it's, it's uh, probably never— likely never a, a one-sided mission or a one-sided action. Uh, there's many things uh, that, that we would do, but uh, we, would, we would expect the hand of God to be with us, especially if we're following God's instruction. Uh, so there's going to be work, there's going to be um, uh, elements of protection, and there's going to be praise along with it. But I, I'll, I'll also add this. Um, you know, we used the term uh, dying on the hill. Um, it's it, our mission is not to die on the hill. Our mission is to take the hill. Our mission is to win that mountain, if you will. Uh, thus, going back to where Joshua and Caleb, you know, uh, give me this mountain, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that would be the goal. Is uh, you, you know, we were talking about Hacksaw Ridge and in that movie, and you know, yeah, awesome, and a great movie. movie. And, uh, so our 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 men and young boys actually that that go onto those beaches, having to 
climb that 120 foot or whatever it was uh that that ridge it's they, uh, they did it like seven eight times oh so many men died well they weren't sent there so to speak and i know we make statements like they were they were sent there to die no they were sent there to take the hill right and so they were willing to die mm-hmm. but their mission was to take the hill and that is uh what what we have as a mandate and mission from god is to is to uh, take dominion, um, to to occupy until he comes. Uh, we're supposed to win the victories. If it right costs on. us our yeah. life, it costs us our life. But we're we're called unto victory. Yeah, and you said something uh, during the break that I I will butcher, but I love the way you said it. You said that if you happen to die while making your stand on this hill, well, the glory isn't the dying because we're not necessarily called to die we're called to get victory but but the glory so to speak is in the fighting um which i think is is a a great way that you phrase that um because it's this idea it's almost like rocky you know everybody loves rocky but you forget in in the first rocky film he loses right he got you know he got his butt kicked but everybody loves rocky and they love the character and they love the movie because he never gave up yeah he's he stuck it out no matter how brutal it was he, he he stayed in there and so um, I think it's pretty interesting. What I heard you saying is we first have to find our conviction, find what we're passionate about, find that hill that we want to take the stance on for righteousness sake, go to God, ask for favorability, be prepared to fight, stay in the fight, and if necessary, allow God to, to, to uh, have your life be taken from you, but you stay in the fight on that hill. Yeah, and and we are called to fight the good fight of faith, and uh, and, and we're also more than conquerors. Romans eight thirty one. Uh, we're more than conquerors um, by Christ Jesus, who loved us, and He gave His life for. Jesus won the victory for us through His death on the cross, but He didn't stay dead. He rose up in the new life. It, it's it, man, I tell you what, this walking with God, having a life with the living. God is absolutely amazing. We want to invite you to that and invite you to be a part of the, the family at Believer's Fellowship Church and and a really, uh, even bigger than that, a, a part of the family of God. God's amazing. Jesus Christ is alive and well and powerful, and um, you should you should really get to know him. Folks, we, we love you. We thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you have a, a fantastic weekend. Uh, visit us online if you'd like, believersfellowship.com, and, of course, you can come see us in person too. Have a great weekend.